0: it is so great to be here with so many friends old and new i have to say it is such a great privilege to be here with senator sanders being here with him in new hampshire i can't help but reflect how much more enjoyable this election is going to be now that we are on the spud show
1: The Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of The Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe!
2: Here comes the Spudman, It goes down easy. It calls to you, who, the social outcast. Yes, you, who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
0: It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head
3: cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. They call me Spud. Seriously. Spud Goodman, and I will be your host for the next uh, 58 and a half minutes of a program that, yeah, you know, you might have just stumbled upon, but it could quite possibly be a fortuitous accident, as there's a somewhat strong chance this show will not totally suck and will be well worth your time. Um, you know, let's begin the festivities. What do you say, all right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to acknowledge, of course, our designated laugher. Gina, can you give us a say, not a belly laugh, but a strong guffaw? All right. And and now I'll introduce our fill in co host. I should say. The show's new public sector food critic, Lawrence, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How about well, you, Spud? Yeah, I'm doing good. Well, a- as our regular co-host, Gerald is AWOL. I-, I heard something about him having to attend his kid's magic act at a church talent show. Good to know someone in that family has some skills. But anyway, yeah. I appreciate you filling in tonight.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure, Spud. You know, it's nice to get off for the road. I was on the road there. And I'm not going to lie, after hosting the Spud Goodman Post Show Report, right? I sort of miss sleeping in my own bed. Now that the executive producer of this show has me on the road all the time during my reviews of public sector food. It's kind of grueling, i got to say. Um. And not to mention, I now have my own Pepto-Bismol habit. Nothing like yours, <laughs> but of course, because you're with, like, two bottles a day now? Well,
3: sometimes, but I like to keep it at one and a half when I can. It depends on the fast food place I eat at that day, really. No, um, no. You know, but, I, you know, I was going to say, though, I'm kind of sad um, that they canceled the post-show report because you did a great job as the host, and you were pretty good, Thank too, you. Gina, as the co-host. You know, but anyway, I, I still don't understand why our illustrious grand poobah, Lori Madsen, made that call. But, oh, well, that's showbiz, I guess. Yeah,
4: yeah. Hey, look, I choose to embrace change as that call. It was out of my control. You know, I have no experience as a food critic, so it's all new to me. But yeah. I never hosted a radio show either until I got out of the joint and then I applied for the job hearing. Well, that was great timing, i got to say, on your part, because I'd heard they were looking for
3: an ex-offender to jump on board of, of that ratings monster at MSNBC, their lockup show. Yeah. I mean, it's on all weekend, and it kills in the ratings. So, you know, it didn't surprise me, you know, that they would try and co-op that audience. I, well, I mean, listen, I mean, you've eaten public sector food for, what, eight and a half years at that Pelican Bay prison in yeah. California? Uh-huh. It's given you a pretty good base of knowledge of that, you know, category of cuisine, right?
4: Oh, yeah, pretty much. Now that I've been at this for a while, you know, while I'm starting to find my voice in the art of reviewing, it's it's not as easy as it might seem. I gotta tell really? you. Yeah. Yeah. The palate, <laughs> see, it's, it's really subjective. And I have to keep in mind that my own tastes are not always those of others. You know, like when I was locked up, I always gave my milk to my cellmate, Ivan. Cause really? I, yeah, I didn't care for that powdered milk, but he loved it, man. Regular milk irritated his mouth, so he was all about that. You know, different strokes. Good for, to know. Well, yeah. I'm a
3: chocolate milk man myself. So Ooh, anyway, no,
4: you're, yeah. you're supposed to give a public sector food review on the show tonight. What's the place you're going to be reviewing? Oh well, this one, this one was a first for me because I had to review the food at the Washington State Women's Prison in Purdy, Washington up here. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, they didn't have to. I didn't have to take a Greyhound bus across the country like I did last time. So that was not nice. dinner
3: gross. is served. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty weak that they make you travel all over the country by bus. Uh. I mean, it's pretty much like the craft services budget on this show. You know, they put out a few stale carrots and some watered down ranch dressing. It sure would be nice to work for a there. show that had a decent food budget.
2: Spud, let's be real. The only way you can get a decent craft services and radio is to beg, borrow, and steal.
4: Well, you know, Spud is not so bad. I'm racking up a lot of frequent traveling miles with Greyhound and stuff, you know. I-, I don't know if they have a program where I can turn them into free trips or nothing, but I'm keeping my tickets just in case.
3: Hey, do you mind if you doing your review like a little later in the show as we're running a bit behind and I need to introduce our musical guests right now?
4: Yeah, yeah, nah, no problem, no problem. I still need to get my notes together and stuff, you know. Cause I-, I couldn't bring my laptop into the prison cafeteria, so I had to take notes on napkins. Yeah, I could use some time here to get them all, you know, organized. All
3: right, cool. Well, let me bring on our musical guest now. Uh, I will be speaking with them later in the show. Uh, And I should say, though, before I even introduce them, I've received some emails uh, lately saying, hey, man, can you book some younger bands? You know, not those old dudes in their late 20s all the time. I love it. You know, so here's a band ages 15, 14, and 12. That young enough for you? All right, here they are. Locomotive.
2: Spud Goodman Show. Ah, 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 This is
1: the Spud Goodman Show. I'm Craig Robinson, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show for the last time, hopefully.
4: All right, you know, uh, what we got going? I guess it's our first guest. We got our first guest here? Oh, okay, good. You know, uh, Oh, it's Jim Jeffries. That's who we got on the line here, waiting. for I you. know this
3: is a new thing for you. Yeah, I got a lot of chops g- here. Yeah,
4: Coast. it's tough.
3: You know, I enjoyed speaking with him the last time he was on the show. He's a really gutsy guy in his stand-up act, because, you know. He's not afraid to deal with hot-button issues in this country.
4: Oh, you know what? When I when I got this job, I was told not to make people uncomfortable with controversial stuff.
3: What's the point of doing anything in show business if you can't stimulate thought or conversation? That's what it's all about. Oh, well, yeah.
4: You know, Gerald emailed me today. He gave me some tips on doing this co-host Uh-oh. thing. oh Really? Yeah. What did he say? Well, he said that you made him very uncomfortable at times. No, no, uh-huh. look, I'm not a snitch. and I don't want to get shit. Man, but...
3: Jimmy Fallon makes Gerald uncomfortable. Oh. Hey, you know, hey, Derek uh, <laughs> called in sick today and I'm personal assistantless right now. So, can you go out to my car and, and grab my doggy bag from lunch? Uh, oh. I was going to feed it to my dog Homer, you know, later, but I'm really hungry nah, nah, right I, now. I
4: get it. I get it for you. Sure thing. I, I get it. Hey, hey, can I get a bite of that?
3: Yeah, if you want. It's a tuna melt from lunch, like a few days ago. Eat at your own risk. All but right. put Jim on before you leave. All right, here you go. Please welcome back to the show comedian, actor, and writer Jim Jeffries. Uh, thanks for checking in with us again. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So uh, you have a brand new Netflix comedy special out titled "Free Uh Could this uh, be dedicated to that segment of our population in this country? And now I guess Britain, too, saluted by Donald Trump, the poorly educated, at least politically,
5: well, it's not dedicated to them as such. I think um, I think these people have always had a, a fair amount of a voice. But no, no in all honesty, look, it's a, it, it's a new hour and twenty minutes of stand-up material. And uh, you know, I had a joke that involves the word freedom over and over again. So you've got to name the thing something, you know. So uh, otherwise, the special would have been called Bill Cosby because I do a whole section on him. So it's not dedicated really to anything.
3: Alright, okay. well just, just how dumb do you think we Americans have gotten, and I, and I can take it, so you can be brutally honest here. I think, I think you're extraordinarily dumb,
5: but I also think there's 330 million people, so that's amplified. I, I, think, I think you've probably got a lot of intelligent people, but the, the dumb people get such a voice here. That uh, is uh a lot more noticeable see in, in in countries like australia we've got 20 million people so we've got two million really dumb people you know what i mean ah. and so they don't get hurt as much but then all of a sudden you've got britain they've got 60 million people they've got uh they got all the dumb people got heard loud and clear the other day and now they now now the economy's all stuffed and my stock portfolio has gone down and i have to go to a britain and i've lost a lot of money so dumb people really do get in the way, but, uh, but no, I don't think America's any dumber than any other
3: nation on Earth. Right. I think you're
5: extraordinarily dumb, but I think that's the status quo of the planet.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, do you think we love guns more than sex and say pizza? Because I kind of think so myself. Nothing gets a certain segment of this country riled up more than that old Second Amendment deal. Because those people go bananas thinking Big Brother's going to take their assault rifles away, leaving them with, you know, just regular cartridges or magazines that have like 15 bullets or shotguns and pistols. What do you think? Well, they're
5: not going to take the Second Amendment away because people see it as, you know, almost like a religion. Um, there will, come, there will become some level of gun control, there has to eventually, but what I find odd is, you know, it's you don't even follow the second amendment, you don't even follow the whole constitution. There's things, there's amendments in your constitution that you don't follow at the moment, like no excessive fines. I once got a fine for not returning a DVD that I rented eight years ago here, and it was for like a thousand dollars. You know, that's an excessive fine. And they have, like, no cruel and unusual punishment. And you live in a country where you have the death penalty and you waterboard people. That, that, that is both a cruel and an unusual punishment, you know. And then you've got things like the right to bear arms. People think seem to think it's guns. It doesn't mention guns at all. There's other things you can't have, like, kind can't have a bayonet, and no one questions that. And that, so there are already restrictions to the Second Amendment. You can't have a chainsaw. You can't openly carry a chainsaw, you can't walk down the middle of Texas with a chainsaw and use the argument, it's my protection chainsaw. I use it to protect me against other people with chainsaws because only a good guy with a chainsaw can stop a bad guy with a chainsaw. You know what I
3: mean? Right. Well, you know, you've you've become quite a presence on social media, whether or uh, whether you wanted to or not. Because uh, the aspect of gun control or the lack thereof in this country, uh, people have uh, you know have shared their you know their feelings uh, to you, right? You've gotten a little bit of uh, mail or feedback or whatever.
5: Um, I, no, I get a lot of hate mail. Yeah, I get on a daily basis. I get 40, 50 um, uh, bits of hate mail. Yeah. and um on you know after after the shootings in paris i got 700 and something pieces of hate well yeah I get, I get a lot of it people are super crazy about their guns you know they they really like them and they they, they also they really don't like immigrants who give their opinions on anything you know it, 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 it's a theory that if you're an immigrant you're meant to sit there and shut up and then and then all of a sudden it's they're all about freedom this freedom that but you don't have any freedom you know it's it's quite remarkable it's the 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 same people who don't want you here are the people saying that this is the greatest country in the world and you can be whatever you want to be and uh, you know it's it's a lot of rubbish
3: yeah well I guess you know your experience coming from Australia uh you kind of i have seen it firsthand that you guys got a handle on the, you know, on the mass killing situation by automatic weapons. I mean, you guys, you, you actually figured it out. It wasn't very complicated, right?
5: Well, it, I look, I'm in 2 this. Yes, we haven't had mass shooting for a long time in Australia. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're basically, at the moment, we're the country that everyone looks at for... How gun control could work, you know. Right, right. But right. also, we're also we're a country of as I said, 20 million people. It's it's a it's a lot smaller uh, demographic than than all of America. Plus, even before the gun ban, I never met anyone in Australia who had who owned a gun that lived in suburbia or in the cities. I met farmers and rural people and who had guns, but I never. You know, no one open carries or anything like that. And and if someone says different, they're lying. There just wasn't, there just wasn't the feel in Australia that there is now. You know, so, so getting rid of the guns wasn't as big a task as it would be here. So so I I, I you know Australia is a good model to look at and to see how it could work but i don't for a second think that if you brought in the same gun ban in america that all mass shootings would be eliminated right, but they right, definitely yeah. would go down you know there's there's things like after shows now after what happened to the girl in orlando and um other things I, and being threatened and when i've had to stop I've had to stop taking photos with people after my gigs um, and signing. I used to sit out at a table and sign everything and take photos with everybody, but there's just uh, there's too much aggro out there now. You can't you can't do that. So I don't do that in America. I, I can do it in every other country. I can do it in Canada, but I can't do it in America because everyone's threatening it and and they can
3: right because
5: right. they 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 could say they're going to kill you and they, they do have a gun you know right well, So it's it's just a situation it's that people go to the theater in this country and now they pick their seats by when where like i can see when i haven't sold the show out, everyone wants to sit near the aisle where well, people used to want to sit near the m- middle but now they think that's too dangerous. People, try, people are sitting in theaters because they're trying to think of the fastest getaway route. Right. And that's really that's really sad.
3: Yeah, very much so. Well, on a less heavy topic, you write a new stand-up show like what every year. And some comedians are able to do the same act for a couple years. Are are you dependent on the stupidity of your fellow man to inspire your work? Because you crank it out. I mean, I, I myself would be screwed if, uh, if you know if that you know changed. Well,
5: I I I think it's funny that you say some comedians have the same routine for a couple of years. Some comedians have the same routine for their entire career. So there's some people who have a 20, 30 minute routine that they milk for 30 or 40 years. Um, and actually many, the, the vast majority of comedians uh, don't have more than an hour their entire career. But things like the internet have forced people to be more productive.
3: All right, well, let me remind everyone that your new comedy special, Freedom, is now airing on Netflix, and people can stay connected to you via Twitter, at Jim Jeffries. Uh, And you're going to be performing in a couple cities where we're carried in. Detroit is up to September 23rd, and here in Seattle you'll be at the Paramount Theater on November 10th. Hey, I want to thank you so much for calling in again, okay? All right, thanks for having me.
1: There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show, right after this brief intermission.
3: Spud Goodman don't let me, let me in tears. Spud that do let me, for
1: drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And while
2: he does that, I just Suggesting is beyond belief, Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman! Spud Goodman Show!
1: We now return to more action packed thrills and excitement on The Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, uh, when you go to shop in the morning, when you go to shop in the evening, when you shop in the morning, at noon or at night, ask for the beer that tastes just right go to the store that treats you right. <laughs> Cause we know we're getting our money's worth, as we know we're getting our money's worth, ask for the beer that tastes just right, ask for the beer that tastes just right, ask for the beer that tastes just right, ask for the beer that tastes just right. <laughs> now you perk up just like that it It happens happens every every time time a fella gets a new hat so don't put it off go get the new hat go Go get get the new hat go get get the new new hat. hat go get the new hat and you and your sweetie will ask for the beer that tastes just right hey i'm not fooling i'm not fooling i'm not fooling no sir hey here now your host spud goodman
4: this would probably be a good time now to do at least part of your review. Are you, are you good to go? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. But now this is my first time in a women's prison. It was a, you know, I, I don't know, somewhat of a surreal experience because when I was locked up at Pelican Bay, right. these guys would always say on the weekends how you know cool it would be if they had these mixes maybe on, once in a month, like at the Valley State Women's Prison or maybe Central California. Was, anyway, you know, it would have been Where's a Where's that lot women's of prison at? Central California. Uh, Chow, Chiller. Chow, Chow, Chow Chiller. Chiller yeah, yeah, Chiller. yeah. That's right. Anyway, if, you know, if we could have done that, it would have done a lot more for morale. I tell you that.
3: You know, I've What's never. That chicken still doing out. Never really been to a women's prison, but uh, you know, I've seen every episode of Orange Is the New Black.
4: Oh yeah, you know, I heard that's why they sent me to this place. Something about the synergy. What with the fourth season of that show, Orange Is the New Black, <laughs> now that's crushing it on Netflix. Yeah. You know, I hear that it's so darn popular, but you know, they can put on fully naked women with their shower scenes where MSNBC or that lockup show, they have to put these. Blood things over the private parts and you know it's really not fair what the hell yo now, i know when uh when uh, lockup was at pelican bay you know a whole lot of the inmates they volunteered to be shot in the shower scenes because they knew no matter the temperature as it was often really chilly in there you know it yeah. wouldn't matter if they put those blurry things over there to save them from embarrassment and they could still show off all the tattoos. It was a win-win.
3: Well, were you in any of those shower scenes?
4: Oh, I'm just curious. No, 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 man. That's not my deal. I'm a private person myself. All right, all right.
3: So yeah. how was the food at the women's prison? Give us a scoop.
4: Okay, all right, well... Let me get this sorted out here. We got, okay, on this napkin. Yeah, here we go. It deals with the customer service that was shown by a kitchen staff when I went through the chow line. Right. I gave them three and a half sporks. Very cheerful and generous wow. with their servings.
3: I'm
0: so hungry.
4: I'm guessing they don't have like ice cream sundae
3: bars or omelet stations, but can you at least go back for seconds at like a Golden Corral or something? No? Are they stingy with the food?
2: You do get free food in prison, man. But complimentary freeze dried MREs are also available
4: if you enlisted for a tour in Afghanistan. Well,. I didn't ask about, uh, you know, a Pelican Bay. If you knew someone in the kitchen, you could sometimes get an extra helping. Or you could get dessert. So, you know, I bet if I pushed it, I could, probably could have gotten some more rice pudding or something. Because yeah. there seems to be a lot of that around. I bet. It's not popular. Yeah, well,
3: what were the options with the menu? What was on the menu? Well, I was just curious, do
4: they have menus? Well, see, here's the thing. I was only allowed to review one meal. It was a lunch. So I personally hate to draw conclusions after sampling only one dining experience at any public facility. You know, because a cook can have a bad day or something, but they're yeah. pretty tight about the free meals for food critics at this women's prison, so it's my only taste of their cuisine. Okay, that was, uh... well, what did they serve you, specifically? Well, that day, if my napkins are right here, they, they had an option for meat eaters, which was veal cutlets, and then one for vegans, eggplant. And as you know, I'm a recent transplant to the state of Washington after getting paroled, but you, know, you sure do have a progressive state here, you know. I know. You got the League of Hot here, but you also got the most varied menu that I've ever seen in a penal facility. I'm impressed. Who knew? I give them five sports.
3: Wow. Well, you know, I think the deal is the hippies that I grew up with are now running things in this state it's a very ac- accommodating place for sure yeah, um, yeah hey, hey can I you see so. though if, if our next guest is uh, ready to go because we're you know we gotta get going yeah so. yeah
4: okay well you know who we got we got Bert Ward that's your next guest he's on the line right now I can't believe the guy who played Robin on the old Batman TV show is on this show because I used to watch those old reruns growing up and all
3: I mean yeah it was a cool show but you know these days Bert and his wife are way into animal rescue and specifically taking in large big dogs from all over oh, that's nice. I mean dogs that a lot of people are afraid of adopting now this is an important thing they're doing.
4: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's only right that Robin comes to the rescue of animals that are in need.
3: Well, thank goodness for people like him and his wife. I got to say that. So, just put him through.
4: All right, you got it. Here you go.
3: All right, please welcome actor and animal activist Burt Ward to the Spud Goodman Show. How you doing, man? Hello, citizen. All right, I like that.
2: Great to be there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So let me, let's me let get into this. As everyone on the planet is aware that you played Robin on the Batman TV series and the major motion picture based on the TV show? We'll talk about that in a moment, but I wanted to start off with something that is very important to me, and that is your work in animal rescue efforts. You and your wife, Tracy, do great stuff with your Channel Giants rescue organization, so tell our listeners a bit about it.
2: Well, for the last 22 years, my wife and I have rescued more than 15,500 dogs. Every one of these dogs would have been put to death if we hadn't been there to save their lives. In the course of saving 15,500 dogs, of which every one of those dogs has lived inside our home with us. And as we speak, I have more than 50 in my house right now. But in the course of doing all of that, we've discovered a way to double their lifespan. And it's three things that we do. How you care for the dog, how you feed your dog, and what you feed your dog. Our, our care and feeding program is available uh, for no charge at uh, gentlegiantsrescue.com. They can go onto our website and go to the menu and find out where it says add years to your dog's life. And we make a very special dog food that we take no money from. This is all about charity, and it's called Gentle Giants. And what makes it so different is that it's low-fat, heart healthy and doesn't have grease on the outside of dog food. I don't know if you have a dog. But if you've ever sold dog food, you feel that greasy feel on the outside.
3: Right, right. Well, I heard you have a 25-year-old dog, and does he take, like, mass amounts of vitamins and some magic elixir? Because that's, what, like 230 in dog years.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, this dog's actually 25 and a half. She's a Russian wolfhound that has a traditional lifespan of only 7 to 9 years. So she has tripled her lifespan. But not just that one dog. We actually have 24 dogs here at our rescue right now between 15 to 26 years of age. Every one of those is a giant breed that has already lived twice their normal lifespan. We have little dogs, too, that are living that long. But, you know, all of them, they eat the same gentle giants food. And uh, we, again, as I said, we don't take any salary from this. But it's available on walmart.com and amazon.com.
3: All right, Amazon, I might go that route. All right. Well, let me, I'll let, you know, about a year ago, my dog Fred passed. I adopted a foxhound from Posados Animal Rescue. His, his name's Homer, and he weighs about 100 pounds, so there's not much room for me in my bed. i got to get a bigger bed. But anyway, um, are the bigger dogs really that much harder to find homes for? Well, you know, uh,
2: the bigger the dog, you know, the little more responsibility you have. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not that hard. It, it's just that you got to find the right home, you know. And uh, we uh, adopt our dogs, but we adopt them carefully into homes that we know where they'll be loved and safe for life.
3: Right. Well, I, oh, one thing I would recommend to people is get a bigger bed, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I know a few years ago after the Paris Hilton purse dog thing hit, you know, the tiny chihuahuas were all the rage, but as they and she are no longer trending, I understand they filled up dog shelters around the country. So it's pretty sad as life is tough enough for a non-trending dog, you know?
2: I, I, I agree. It's very sad. You know, in, in rescue, we see so many dogs, more dogs than we could even take. And it's sad that so many millions of dogs a month are actually put to sleep for no other reason other than they don't have a home to go to. Right, So right. Um, one of the things that we highly recommend for dog owners is that when their dog gets six months of age, or as soon as they get their, their dog, if it's after six months of age, that you have your dog spayed or neutered. Absolutely. Because not only is it, not, you know, not to bring unwanted puppies into this world, but also cancer is the number one killer of all dogs. And what most people don't realize is that 85% of all cancer that occurs in dogs originates in the reproductive organs, so an early spay or neuter can add several years to your dog's life right there.
3: All right, I just wrote that down. Okay, well, let, let's discuss Batman the TV show that is still airing each week on the MeTV network. Are we talking 50 years when it first hit the airwaves?
2: Yes, January 12th, 1966, Oh my so gosh. it's been 50 years. And and I'll tell you something, kind of something special. I'm a little limited as to what I can say, but Adam West and I have been just recently submitted to the Guinness Book of Records as the only two actors in history that have worked together 50 years later. And all I can tell you is before the end of the year, a very big project is going to come out that involves Adam and I working together. And all I can say about it is if you take all the wonderful stuff that we did and you were to combine that with some of the features that have come out since then, what you'll find is that the sum is bigger than the parts.
3: Ooh. Ooh. Well, l- let me ask you this. At the peak of the show, you and Adam were pretty much like the Beatles. Was it tough to go out in public? Because I take it you didn't wear your costume when you went to you know, shopping at Safeway or to the beach. So, Were you anonymous without the costume, or did you have to deal with it regardless?
2: You know, it, you know, it's so funny you ask that because I used to complain on the show to the producers. I said, this doesn't make any sense. You can't have Batman and Robin coming into Commissioner Gordon's office. And, and then 10 minutes later, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson coming in without them figuring this out. And yet, in real life, it really happens that way. We, Adam and I will go out and make appearances. or Sometimes I make appearances by myself. And uh, people, you know, they see you in the costume. They go nuts. And ten minutes later, without the costume, you're out among the same people, and not one person recognizes you. So I consider that the best of both worlds.
3: Absolutely. Well, let me hit you with a work question for at least it relates to me. Uh, so in the talk show, you know, world in terms, uh, in those terms, was Beth was Robin the quintessential co-host of Batman? Because I sure wish I had someone of Robin's caliber as my co-host. No offense to my co-host Gerald. I'm just being honest here. I mean, you were a great sidekick to Adams, you know, Adam West's Batman.
2: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'll tell you something, I've been very, very well re- uh, received, and you know, I'll tell you something, it was a lot of fun making our show, Adam and I were great friends, you know, we do have a special chemistry, and I don't know what it is, you just can put the two of us together, and even if we don't say a word, people start laughing, and it's like, oh my gosh, just, <laughs> am I dressed improperly, why are people laughing, but they see this chemistry between the two of us, and it makes them laugh.
3: Well, yeah it, yeah, it definitely works.
4: So, uh... Hey, Spartan, Yeah? You think Gerald, if he's listening right now, you think he's jealous? What? Hey, hey excuse me, Bert. Uh, I'll be right back. What are you saying? You think he's jealous of me because of our great chemistry that we got working together. I don't know. Because I know it's tough for you to do this show, basically without that much support at all from him every week. Yeah. Look, I gotta be straight, I'm not angling for his job or anything like that. I dig my current gig as the show public sector food acrylic, I do. I just want to put that out there, especially if he's listening.
3: Yeah. yeah, well, it is difficult, you know, handling my duties without a sidekick who gets me. I mean, you do get me, Lawrence. Yeah, that's I mean, I know, you know, you could never be on the level of like Robin, the ultimate, you know, partner anyone could wish for, but you do represent a clear upgrade, that's for sure.
4: Well, I will do my best. Now, let me say, if you were as cool as Batman, then I think I could be really helpful, but I know you're just trying hard not to be lame.
3: Hey, I. I think most of the time I I pull it off. I mean, there's not a lot of talk show hosts out there who are even half as cool as Batman. I like to think I'm around 60% as cool, maybe even 65% as cool.
4: Mm, Really? Really? Uh, Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, uh, but I need to get back to Bert right now. Uh, Bert, I'll close this thing with, what was your most memorable moment playing Robin on the show?
2: The most memorable moment of playing Robin was surviving. It was a very dangerous show to make. I was in the emergency hospital four out of the first five days of filming. I didn't think I would make it past the first episode. It was so dangerous from explosions, third-degree burns, uh, penguin gas, every god-awful thing you can imagine.
3: Damn. (laughs) And yet
2: we managed to survive.
3: All right, super. Thank you for sharing that. All right, well, listeners need to jump on board with your efforts at Gentle Giants Rescue to give the many dogs out there without a home a chance for a halfway decent life. Bert, you and your wife Tracy are truly amazing people. I got to say this uh, for the work you do. Okay, so thank you so much for coming. We on We love
2: animals, you know, and a man is man's a dog is man's best friend, as you know, because he yes. wags his tail instead of his
3: tongue. Well stated. All right, Mr. Bert Ward.
2: For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show. Goodman show. Uh, uh,
3: uh, ah! uh! Hey, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome Locomotive to the show. You know, as I mentioned before your first song, some have mentioned that uh, we occasionally need to give the youth of America an opportunity to perform on our show, so, you know, here you are. Good thing you guys rock, so it's a win-win deal. Uh, Let's get your names, your ages, and the instrument you play.
0: I'm Bella. I play bass, and I sing, and I'm 14. Super. I'm Ryan. I'm 15 years old, and I play guitar. Um, I'm Ethan, and I'm 12 years old, and I play drums.
3: All right. You kill it on the drums, man. Um, So the new EP out titled No Toby No, which is available, I I understand, at iTunes and other online outlets, is pretty darn good. How much time do you guys spend with the band? I would guess that there are all sorts of other things going on at your age that you might be missing out on, like, I don't know, that Pokemon Go deal, whatever the hell that is, (laughs) for one thing.
0: (laughs) Well, so, for one thing, we practice... Three, four times a week, but Eesh. I just want to be clear: we still do have time for Pokemon
3: Go. All right. Um, we all
0: right. play Pokemon and then we practice and then we play more Pokemon after, basically. Ah.
3: Yeah. That's incredible. Hardcore. All right. Um, well, can can I use you three as the voice of American youth and ask what the kids feel? And I want to know what the kids really feel about Donald Trump. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, yeah, we've definitely
0: heard him. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know. Uh, it depends on the kids. There are some kids that use him a lot for satire and stuff, and other kids that use him as like, I don't know, a good hair kind of guide.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. All right, super. And, and it only nice. makes common sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> what what bands have you guys like found to be the most influential so far with creating the locomotive sound? Any anybody in particular who has shaped your shaped you guys? You know, because I know it's not Kansas or Sticks, right? I'm showing my <laughs> age here.
0: For me, it's been really Foo Fighters and this local band, Ever So Android from Seattle, that have really influenced me.
3: Yeah, they're very good. Yes.
0: Um, well, so me and Ethan listened to a lot of the same stuff. And uh, definitely local bands like Fox in the Law and Grizzle Mighty, but then also kind of bigger names like Royal Blood and Queens of the Stone Age.
3: Mm, all right. Okay. Well, what's the name of the next song you guys are going to do? It's called Garbage. Ooh, I like that. Let's do it. We'll be
0: It's a
1: Is the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
2: Hi, this is Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now,
4: All right, Spud, uh, your last guest, uh, Dash Hawk. he's ready to speak with you All now. right.
3: You know, I really dig the show. He's on Ray Donovan, you know, on
4: Showtime. A freaking great show. Hey, you know, I just Googled him, and damn, he's got a long list of credits in film and TV yep. And TV. You know, I had to look at his face, and then... I knew I'd seen him in a well, lot of things.
3: I know you don't have Showtime, so you probably, you know, remember him best from that Romeo and Juliet movie, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh
4: yeah. I've
3: heard you were a romantic at heart. Oh man, he was true? in that
4: movie? Oh yeah, that's absolutely true. I love that movie. It's a moving depiction of teenage love and the heartbreak often experienced yeah yes. uh,
3: i also uh, heard you you love that shakespeare guy right
4: oh yeah big time that man could turn a phrase i read yes, all his could. plays while i was locked up more than once
3: well who knew anyway well just just put dash on i, w- I want to speak with
4: him all right here he is
3: please say hey to actor and hip-hop artist dash Myhawk. he uh, yeah, had nice of you to call into the show man how you doing bud All right, uh, let's do this. You play Bunchy on Ray Donovan, a freaking great show airing on Showtime. Uh, Season four is now before us. Time flies.
6: Yes, it does. does. I can't believe we're on our fourth season. It feels like yesterday we started.
3: I love the show. So uh, your character uh, is a you know is a very troubled you know troubled man with, with a troubled past. Uh, he seems to get into jams and then out of them often, courtesy of Liv uh, Schreiber in the role of Ray Donovan. Uh, this is my observation. You know the Donovan family never seems to have much peace and quiet. Bad stuff follows you guys around, right?
6: Yeah, no, peace and quiet is is, is, is not of plenty around the the households of the Donovan. We're, we're a volatile bunch. Yeah. Uh, I guess pun intended, but, uh, you
5: know, makes for good TV.
3: Sure does. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen every episode in, uh, you know, and not one of them, do you guys, like, go to the zoo or the beach and hang out and have a carefree day? I just, yeah, very tense experience, but anyway, I guess that's a good Yeah, yeah
6: I, think, I think we've seen Mickey on a beach or in, in some water. He's probably tripping on something, but, you know, every once in a while, somebody has a calm moment. Yeah, but get, uh, yeah. sadly, was, you know, when you been sexually molested by priests it's, it's kind of tough to have a quiet moment these days you know you don't just sit down and have a beer and go to the zoo with your kids
3: that's that's a fine point actually uh yeah <laughs> good point well you know speaking of uh Let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, just for a second here, I was wanted to touch on this. When, when when you're hanging out on the set between shot setups, do you hang out much with John Voight? Uh, still one of our great American actors, phenomenal on the show, because here's just a little, I was just wondering if he talks politics much, as he seems to kind of have done a Dennis Miller and move way off to the right from seeing him on cable news. I was just curious, does he ever, like, go off on Hillary's emails or Benghazi much, or is he pretty mellow?
6: You know, he, he doesn't. He, he keeps that to himself usually. Um, uh, my brother Eddie Martin, who uh, plays Terry, oh, who's, who's, yeah. who's a pretty pretty liberal cat, he la- he likes to dig dig in a little bit at him. He tries to get him to to uh, get a rise out of him. But uh, no, you know, it, it, we usually just enjoy each other's company and try not to to, to have our our political views uh, aired out.
3: Right, right. <clears throat> I, I figured that. But man, Thanksgiving dinner at Angelina and, and Brad's—I mean, that'd be so oh, much yeah. fun to be at. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. it can't, oh, it can't be. It can't be good. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> All right, well, man, I, man, I have to touch on the fact that you're also a hip-hop artist and, and have a record coming out in a bit. Yes, sir. So you grew up in New York yes, City, and I take it hip-hop was a big part of your youth yeah you know i'm
6: a, uh it's funny i was talking to somebody earlier and 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 they were like what are your influences and i you know, i was kind of a weird kid I, I i grew up like really in love with like classic rock and like the almond brothers but also uh, like grandmaster flash and oh, yeah. and uh you know the 90s hip-hop and kind of the, the the love movement Tribe called quest kind of deal oh yes and uh you know i've, I've always i've always I've been doing it since I was about 12. I had my first little rap group in school. And, uh, and, um, it's just, it's time. I, you know, I felt like I had to turn 40 for me to put my rap album out. Uh, it's, uh, you know.
3: So when's it coming strange, out? When, when's it coming out? The,
6: um, the album's coming out in August and, uh, I'm dropping a new single soon. It's called Be Better. It's kind of an anthem about digging deep, you know, kind of a sports anthem or an anthem for whenever you, you're, you're, you need to, uh, to to take that last bit of energy to put you over the top, and um, you know, uh, I hope you'll play it one day.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I saw a clip of you uh, doing some freestyling on Sway's show, and you got skills, man. Thanks, man.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to download my first single or watch the video, you can go to DizInTheFam.com and, and, and get the Love single for free and watch my cast members and me in, the, in that video, which is fun. All
3: right, super. Well, um, you know, you've done many films in your career, working with some great directors, David O. Russell, Boz Luhrmann, Terrence Malick, to name a few, but I was wondering how frustrating was it to be on the set so long on Malick's film, The Thin Red Line, and then seeing the work you shot, really not being, you know, utilized that much it was how frustrating was that for you? I mean, I had to be bummed.
6: I, I in all honesty, uh, the, the I, I was one of the few people that actually shot almost every day. The frustrating part was that. You know, uh, I, I I couldn't be upset because I'm actually in the movie. But I, I think I shot 119 days on that film, and you know, about 15 percent of it was was in the movie. So that was more frustrating. I actually I actually wasn't on the sidelines that much. He sent me in to do a lot of a lot of the work. The frustrating part was that so much of it got cut.
3: How long was that shoot? Uh, almost seven months. My gosh!
6: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was long. I, I would, I wouldn't do that one again. But I was 23 back then, and you know, yeah. raring to go.
3: That's almost a deployment there. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. No,
6: I got as close as you can to being being a real soldier.
3: Yeah. Spencer, wait, well, let me let me cut in for a second. I don't, you really aren't supposed to cut in, but just just a second. Hey, Dash, I'll be right back.
4: Okay, real quick. You, you know, I can relate to being bummed like Dash was there. After when I got cut out of a production, for me it was this play that we were doing in prison, Grease, you know yeah. you know that one? Yeah. I was cast as Vince Fontaine. That's the one that Ed Burns played he, in the movie. Right. I was supposed to do the song. It was going to be the show-stopping solo right before we opened. My part was reduced to a walk-on. Yeah, that's that's really tough. It was it was heartbreaking. I guess we were ordered to cut the time down to under two hours because originally it was going to be like at least four hours or so. We added some dialogue to the original script and all.
3: Well, that's too bad. But I really need to. Yeah,
4: I did a, a file a formal grievance there with the warden but he said he didn't want to get involved.
3: I don't know if that compares to having some heavy dramatic scenes from a Terrence Malick major motion picture left on the cutting room floor. I mean, that would be devastating to any actor.
4: Well, yeah, it was pretty devastating for me when I couldn't do my solo. I mean, I wasn't put on suicide watch or nothing, but I did refuse to eat for a day or so.
3: Okay, I'm glad you got yourself out of that funk, but I really need to get back to Dash. All right, all right,
4: all right. Here you go ahead.
3: All right, well, I have to hit you up with my required cliche interview question to wrap this thing up. It's in my contract. Please. So, what's what's been your most memorable moment to this point in your career? Anything jump out? Um, gosh, I mean,
6: you know, there's, there, there's, there's so many, but I, there, there was, <laughs> I'll just give you one memorable moment. I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was shooting uh, Civilized playbook, and and uh, I had met Bob De Niro once before, but the the, the first scene I ever shot, and David O. Russell, he's he's is an intense director, and he throws a lot of stuff at you from behind the camera, and I had to go up. The first scene I did was I went up into this attic, and 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 they and Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro are punching each other and crying, and it was it was kind of mayhem. <laughs> And I, I went up there, and I, I'm like saying all these lines, and then David had given me uh, the, this, these lines, these sort of legal terms, and he was saying, oh, say this, no, not say that, say this, da, 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 and yelling at me and to, do, to do this. And I was sweating, I had all this gear on, and I, finally they rolled out a film, and I just, I looked over, and and Robert De Niro did his, his, his Bob De Niro face like, hey, you know, this is what it is, welcome to the circus. And, uh, and that was, that was pretty, that was pretty yeah.
3: priceless. All right. Super. All right. Well, I want to remind listeners, I know you got to go so that, that season four of Ray Donovan is now airing on Sundays and available on demand. I'd highly recommend it. So I just want to thank you very much for calling in.
6: Hey, thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate all you who watch Ray Donovan and look forward to talking to you again. All
3: right. Super, Mr. Dash Myck.
4: gluten free. I now only eat food that is gluten free, as
3: I want to be the healthiest person I can be. I will never again eat stuff that tastes good to me, and also now things smell a little different when I pee. I will die a very healthy but sad man, you see, as now I only eat food that is gluten free.
1: Every second you lose, you lose.
3: So I know it was a bummer getting laid off from hosting our post-show report and now being this show's public sector food critic may seem like a step down,
4: but at least you get free food. Yeah, it's all good. So far, so good in the new job here. I'm kinda liking it, to be honest. Even with the travel, I had a 36-hour bus trip to Leavenworth, Kansas to do my review at the prison there. Right. And it was a bit grueling on the legs but I can handle it.
3: Well, yeah, and then that following week you went to, what, Fort Bragg in North Carolina? Yeah. Y- you reviewed Happy Hour at their NCO club, and I, and I myself was surprised you ding them for substandard maraschino cherries in their Shirley Temples.
4: Well, you know, I was a bit harsh on their staff, but yes. that's my favorite drink, you know. I was very disappointed as the cherry is a big part of the Shirley <laughs> Temple experience. It sure is. Yeah. So now, spending over six hours at that NCO club, it was clear. They didn't serve many chili temples, I tell you that. I know I should have cut them some slack, I know that, but I, I know I'm supposed to support our troops, but, but I still have a job to do, you know? Well, you, you were pretty positive about their wings and onion rings, I, I remember I, I read that,
7: yeah.
3: uh, or heard you, or whatever. I, I, let me ask you this, um, uh-huh. you ended up giving them, what, three and two-thirds sporks, yes. because you thought they were greasy but still adequate and yeah. a little bit tangy? Is that right? That's, That's not right. bad. Yeah. It's not as bad as the review you gave the snack bar in the student union at North Dakota State University. Uh, man, you are
4: hardcore oh on them, dude. Man, look, I understand how my reviews could be thought of as negative, but I did give them two sporks for the condiments. They had a pretty yeah. tangy mustard for a college snack bar. We'll see.
2: Yep, tasty mustard with hot dogs is a must without fail. So slather it on and you might not taste the pig ears, snouts, and tails.
3: You know, for the record, if anyone cares, I'm a veggie dog man myself. Ooh. So where is our fearless leader, producer, sending you next? Any place interesting?
4: Well, I just got her email today and uh, the itinerary for my next assignment was with it. Tomorrow, I am headed to Kodiak, Alaska to visit the Mest Hall at mm. the Integrated Coast Guard Command Base that they got there. Super. It's the largest Coast Guard facility in Alaska, I believe. Alaska, wow. Yeah. That's going to be a bit of a bus ride. Does Greyhound oh, no. at least
3: serve up a bag of pretzels or dry roasted <laughs> peanuts, something?
7: No, I
4: don't care. I bring my own snacks, so uh. it's not a big deal. Because for the long trips, I just break out a big bag of Funyuns, my PSP, and I am good to go.
3: You are so much more mentally, you know, physically, and all that stuff tougher than me. I, I, don't know, I need to close the show, though. I'm getting the word there for waving at me. So thanks again for hanging out with me
4: tonight. Oh, yeah, My pleasure. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Okay, then I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, locomotive. I guess you could try and network it you know ask the listeners who are still with us i think we're still on the air for a few more seconds
4: and maybe there is a tv producer uh, out there in the audience okay well so i could just say it now on the air sure okay. go ahead okay okay uh, my name is lawrence oh I, I guess they already knew that if they've been listening right? yeah. All right. okay. yeah all right okay all right okay i'm looking to broaden my career and give acting a shot what with all those prison tv shows on i think i could bring some real life experience to the table you know me being locked up for eight and a half years of Pelican Bay in Cali. And I'm not looking for a technical advisor role either. I'm, I want to act, man. I, I've been practicing my craft in front of the bathroom mirror for at least an hour a day. So I'm getting pretty good at this. You don't believe me? Okay. All right. Now, well, now check, check this out. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Ooh. Well, um, can I say damn on the air?
3: Yeah. No problem. It's not a big deal. Okay. That's the best you got?
4: Well, uh, okay. All right. Well, let me try this. Then close your eyes and tap your heels together three times and think to yourself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Uh
3: Yeah, that works a lot better coming from a beautiful actress playing the good witch role. Uh, oh. That part's a stretch for you. How about doing something yeah. from, like, Shawshank Redemption? From what?
4: Uh, I-, I never heard. Uh, no. Just one of the greatest American films ever made. What? Oh, it's not a movie? It's not a movie? Film, movie, whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Well, anybody interested in casting me in a TV show, movie, or, or film, just just send me a message here at the Spudgerman Show. You guys will forward it to me, right? Uh,
3: sure, okay. yeah, but we got to go now.
4: Oh, okay, okay. Well, bye-bye.
1: Good night, everyone. The Spud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer, Mike Renville. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants, Brian Martin, Trent Patello, and Amanda Tompkins. Video director, T.J. Pites. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. The show's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. On-air talent, Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, David Deere, Derek Schneider, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.